Hello out there. We're on the air. It's, it's Rink Moose Talk tonight. The beers are cold. The mics light up. And, and the, the boys, boys get set to fight. The gloves come off. Opinions get thrown. And someone slips on ice. One man howls. The other scowls. But the show must go on. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. You're an announcer with a long stick from time to time. With hockey flows. And Marshawn's nose. And Pierre Maguire's life. Not John's a leaf. Ovechkin's teeth. And Hoffman's crazy wife. When Carey slumps. And Benjamin stumps. Durant's not LaFontaine. Jokes aside, it's podcast time. And Rink Moose is the name. Hello and welcome to the much-anticipated 30th episode of the Rink Moose Hockey Podcast. Wow. A weekly episodic podcast where two good lads get together and discuss all things NHL and their implications in fantasy hockey. I am one of your hosts, Nick, along with my good pal, the one who the fantasy world calls Nanny McFanny, <laughs> Kyle Nice. Kyle, how are you doing? We got all the names coming out in the recent weeks, Nick. I got all of them. That means fantasy time. (laughs) All your nicknames. Yes, exactly. Well, Nick, I got to address something right away, my friend. I am embarrassed. Absolutely embarrassed. And I'll tell you why. Last week, I tore one off on uh, Jonathan Drouin, my former one of my favorite players. And I feel totally embarrassed. This is not what a real fan does, Nick. And you showed me a clip about half an hour ago from the one they call Pierre Maguire. And I swear to God, I've never been so heated on a hockey topic, Nick. It's It really got to me, I'm telling you. See, I thought it was mild. Oh, no. And no. your, your day into a tailspin. I feel like you're having a good day and now it's just gone to shit. This day? Um, I apologize. You know what? It's not even that it's gone to shit. It's just changed my whole perspective. Like I was kind of, I was really down on the player. I was down on the team, but all of a sudden, Nick, like I found this newfound passion to cheer for this team and wear my jersey. It's, it's really sparked something in me, which I have to thank you on. But I think I'm gonna play the clip, the whole thing, 56 seconds of just, I'll describe it as the lowest. And most biased I've ever heard Pierre Maguire in my entire life. This guy absolutely ruined this take. I'll, I'll let you have a listen right here. Right there. We agree. 
So first of all, Nick, it sounds like idiots on both sides because neither one of them knew <laughs> knew what they were talking about. Like those guys yeah, just went along with in it. The background, they're at a yeah. pub drinking beer. So let let me let me dive into this, uh, you know, statistically, so we can prove Pierre Maguire is just a a biased little prick. So in that Memorial Cup where he quote unquote didn't show up, Nick, he didn't show up. He had nine points in four games in the Memorial Cup. I think he had four assists in the final game. He had thirty five points in seventeen playoff games that year. You know how how his team Halifax Mooseheads they played twenty games in total. They lost two games, and he didn't show up. Okay, so let's let let's let's take you know the superstar Nathan McKinnon out of the conversation, shall we? The next year with Halifax, Duran gets sent back to to his uh, junior team by the Tampa Bay Lightning. It's a fine choice, I don't mind. So the we, the year without McKinnon in the playoffs, Mister No Show gets forty one points in seventeen games, my friend. He had 35 and 17 the year before, 41 and 17. That's utter madness. Now let's fast forward a couple years to the year 2016 in the playoffs with Tampa Bay. He had 14 points in 17 games as a 21-year-old on that team. I think they went all the way to the, the East Final there and lost to Pittsburgh. He was a top three player on the team in terms of point scoring. He was third on the team in, in scoring. Nick, I want to ask you this. Do you know how many points that Braden Point had in that playoffs? No idea. Can you can you hazard a guess? Uh, six. Zero. Wow. Zero. He didn't play, Nick. Braden Point didn't even play in that playoffs. Like, how can... Who is this guy saying he played a bottom six role? Like, it's it's madness. And then, like... I mean, I could go on and on here, but uh, to, to say that Duran hasn't performed in the, the very little playoffs he's seen in his career is just crazy. Now, I get he's having a rough little go at it, and I've already expressed that I'm, I'm embarrassed on my part to play in, in ripping this guy throughout the year, to be honest. Like, you know, I, I've been hard on him all year, and I, I mentioned just because... You know, I, I've put so much faith and trust in this guy, and he's done nothing but but uh, shove it back to me. But you know what? The trashing is over. I, I want to stay loyal to my guys now. I've, I, this is something I've always preached that people should do, is stay loyal to their team, loyal to their players. And um, I, I, I'm going to wear the jersey with pride till the very end, Nick. I, I said they might uh, scrap together a playoff spot. And I'm sticking with that, even though they've been they've been dog trash for the last couple. But I feel for this guy, man. Like, think think of the monumental pressure of of not scoring in 15 of your last 16, and having the weight of the entire city resting on your back. Because you know all the articles, you know all the the narratives on on the radios. They're all pointing at Jonathan Druan. Everyone else, like, there's guys not scoring, Nick. There's other guys not scoring. Lekkonen's not scoring. Uh, Kotkaniemi's been quiet. Like, there's other guys not scoring here. But uh, it's just so easy to pit in on this guy. But I'm, I'm not, uh, not going to take part in it any longer. Well, yeah, I mean, by the sounds of it, it seemed like they kind of backed him into a corner. Like, fair enough, Memorial Cup, Q. You know, it's not, it's not, the, it's not the big leagues. But then when they mentioned the uh, the cup, the Stanley Cups, uh, or sorry, the playoffs, um, 
you know, he uh, he kind of, with the second the guy said he was doing well, Pierre just kind of backtracked and said, oh, yeah, but still in general, he was a bottom six forward and, and Braden mm. Point beat him out, which which is true. That did happen. He mm. did inevitably become a bottom six yeah. forward. At the end of the day, Braden yes. Braden Point kicked him out. Yes. So he kind of backtracked, didn't really address the playoff success, and then said, oh, well, in the end, he's still fucked up and he's a failure. Yeah. So... That so my, to show you who Pierre is. Yeah. Yeah. My problem was they were talking specifically about this is a, they said, this is a guy who shows up in the big games, but sometimes can't get it going for like, you know, the regular season. And Pierre he just doesn't acknowledge that. Yeah. He didn't acknowledge that. He just went off on, oh, he's a bad player. He doesn't show up at all. Mm-hmm. That's basically mm-hmm. what Pierre said. So See, and I, and I yeah. think you brought up something about uh maybe an unknown history that we don't know about what what could have been yeah. said here between the two the two frenchies yeah no I, as i said pierre never barely ever will actually call out an individual like name an individual and just like rip on them publicly mm-hmm. uh rarely he'll ever do that maybe a team assessment but not a not a player or a coach a member of management so this this was kind of rare uh, mm-hmm. for me to hear and i would not be surprised if the, if there was some tension there in that relate if something was said behind closed doors um so yeah it, it, it kind of got me thinking yeah and I, I i know you played me that clip of uh the tsn radio hit where they talked about the power play and, and they don't have mm-hmm. a, a you know a quarterback on that power play and then pierre going off on something like oh i, I could have written the book on the penalty kill with with yeah. drew and back there and it's just a nasty business, and I, I now people are gonna start pointing the whole power play business on Drew, and it's not solely his fault. I mean, there's coaching to look at too here. I mean, I've I've read a, a good handful of articles that have cited Claude Julien as absolutely blowing his his coaching in the last couple games with with the personnel decisions he's making. But I don't want to get into that too much. But I did see there's a guy named Brian Wild Nick on uh, Twitter. And he floated out a tweet, and he's a pretty reputable guy. He floated out a tweet that he said, Jonathan Drouin will be traded sometime next year. He said he's calling it now. And I just shook my head and I said, what have things come to? This was his dream city. This was his dream to play as a hab. And I just feel like he just needs this one chance if they make the playoffs to to prove that this season wasn't a total waste. I mean, he's had a good year. On the whole, Nick, he's had like, what, 50 points in 70 games? That's pretty darn good for him. He's going to set a career high by the end of the year. So, unless he gets like zero points in the next 10 games. Right. But, <laughs> but you know, I just think he needs a chance to salvage this. But yeah, if if Montreal sinks like the, the sinking ship they are right now, Man, I don't know what the outlook looks like for for this player. I mean, I, I've never seen a guy so beaten down by you know a lack of confidence and 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 a, a whole franchise coming down on him. So it's it's gonna get ugly if things keep going this way. They so desperately need to find some sort of offensive spark, and uh, and I think they can they can recuperate here. But it, it just it needs to happen now. And and you talk about redeeming yourself. What better opportunity would there be to redeem yourself? than having a shot against the Tampa Bay Lightning in the first round. Oh, that's a narrative. You, you sneak in, you sneak into the last playoff spot, you get Tampa, and Duran can prove him wrong. Nick. Cooper v. Duran. Is such a narrative. Holy shit. 
You're probably Nick. thinking about that every night in your sleep, aren't you? Man, I haven't even thought it. I that totally slipped my I mind. Just blew your mind. Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe that that is a possibility. Like mm-hmm. Drew Ann coming into to the dressing room with a with a John Cooper, you know, like blow up doll and just mangling it before the game, <laughs> getting everyone fired up. Oh my God, this is gonna be amazing. I mean, who? Okay, who's coming out? Who's coming out? Columbus or, or, or Carolina? What's gonna happen here? Carolina, I'm calling it. They're falling. They're falling. Right. I don't. All it's right. so hard. They're so far ahead. I'm just. I'm getting sad as we talk about it because it's just so. Hey, and I and I'm I'm a Leaf fan. I'd love to see that. I I oh. I, I want Montreal to make it just to play Tampa. I think that'd be great. Much yes. better than Carolina Tampa. Give me a no. break. No. Oh my. Who's gonna watch that? No, no one. Oh, but. No one. NBC is not even going to play those games. No, it'll be on like uh, Altitude Sports or something. Like yep. something Four stupid. Four nothing sweep. Each game's five one. Oh, fuck. yeah, exactly. Maybe a three two in there once. Yeah. Yeah. God, that would be so bad for hockey if that happened. And it's mm-hmm. not like Carolina would gain anything from doing that because they would just get dummied and then lose out mm-hmm. on more draft picks. So fuck. Mm-hmm. Figure it out, everybody. Gary Bettman. Put your little wand in the mix here. We got to get this going. And and here's one more thing I want to say. You mentioned the whole him getting traded. Yep. I think I think uh, I don't think Mark Bergevin has the guts and the gumption to make that move. Mm. I think if that move happens, it's a different GM because for Bergevin to do that, he'd basically be admitting, "Listen, I made a mistake in trading Sergachev. It was a mm. bad move." And now I need to live with it and I need to destroy this mess. Yes. And I, I don't think he has the character to acknowledge that. So if it does happen, it's going to be under a different management team. That's what I would predict. I think that's a good call. Good. And I, th- that being said, I think Bergevin's done, you know, a good enough job where he's secured his job for a few more years. So, you know, it's right. probably never exactly. going to happen. So I don't see it happening. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's just, just real quick, it's a crazy how the narratives switch throughout the year because, you know, there, there's points in the year where you're talking, oh, Domi and Drew and one of the best duos we've had for the last 10 years. Like, you've had all kinds of up and down narratives. This It's a horrible slump, but overall, he's had a pretty good year. But uh, we'll, we'll have to move on, Nick, unfortunately, because we got a mammoth of a topic yeah, coming up. we got a lot here. A mammoth of a topic. There... there the Leafs are just a never-ending black hole of content right now. So first thing I want to do, Nick, is I want you to tell me about uh, your little first-hand experience on Saturday night in uh, the, the land of Ottawa. Yeah, I mean, in and this, this was different because, uh, as everybody knows, if you've been listening from the get-go here, I, I, I made the trip to Kanata, Ontario, back in October. So mm-hmm. I, I already had a bit of a glimpse on the stadium and and Canada and and the fans and and how how that arena, but but this was interesting because I got to spend the whole weekend there. It wasn't just a, a one night trip or a day trip, and uh, we stayed downtown. So I got to actually see what it's like to travel from the city to the arena. Yeah. So I now, now kind of have a have an opinion and a take on on what everyone's been badgering about with the whole arena <laughs> issue and yeah. and how it's so far from the city and man I'll tell you what before I even get into the game because I'm sure you know that's it's gonna be a big topic on on this episode here given it was quite the debacle yeah um, I, I'm just gonna say this from the get go I now fully appreciate 
what these fans have been clamoring about, Kyle. This is ridiculous. So I'm just going to put you in my shoes. Okay. You're in this you're in this nice downtown hotel. You're with mm-hmm. your buddies. You're preying in your hotel room as any other hockey fan would before a big Saturday night hockey night in Canada game. Mm-hmm. We're in a good we're in a good place. Good headspace. You know, six o'clock, we're ready to go. There's a bus, three dollars and fifty cents. We're like, eh, beats Ubering, let's hop on the bus. Sure. So this bus, you go outside your hotel, it's bus stops right there. Great, very convenient. Hop aboard this bus. I kid you not, Kyle, we're on this bus for the next forty minutes. Oh we don't, we don't get we don't get to the arena until ten to seven. And our and our and our entire our entire uh buzz is just gone. Like oh, we course. are, we are sober schmucks. We just went from having the time of our lives partying it up at this hotel to now being like, "What the fuck was that forty-minute car ride? like car, bus ride? Oh, like worst bus ride ever." And here's the worst part of it: you actually get to travel through the area downtown as you're leaving downtown that was projected to be the the, the new home for the Sens, I, uh, La Breton Flats, I believe it's called. Yes. And it's just this big, deserted, empty area. It's in a great location. It's just on the outskirts of, of, of Ottawa. It would be kind mm. of analogous to like where BMO is in Toronto. So mm-hmm. still in the city, but kind of in an open area, kind of on the outskirts. Yeah. And it's just this open area. Nothing's going on. And you can't help but look at it on your, on your bus ride over to Canada and be like, what the fuck? Why is this land not being used? Like, what good, what good is this empty land? Mm. And so it's kind of a depressing bus ride, to be honest. And oh, shit. when you, and, and the whole story here, Kyle, like I was picking apart, like I was talking to some sense fans and, and basically the story is the Melnick guy, he, he wanted, he owns all this land in Canada. Like he's a, you know, he's a rich guy. He's like a billionaire. And, and he yeah. wanted to develop this land, cultivate Canada, ma- make it an extension of Ottawa. He wanted it to kind of become a part of Ottawa. Mm-hmm. And and instead, it's basically become the Markham to Toronto. It, it was a massive failure. It's there's nothing out there. There's no bars to go to after the game. The oh. game finishes. The game finishes. We we were packing beers at the at the stadium. Game finishes. We just want to go out. We got to hop back on this bus. This no. bus. another forty minutes. No, and then, and, then, and then yeah, and then and then your entire buzz is gone yet again. No, we had to go back to the hotel, drink for another hour, and then go downtown Ottawa to drink. It was ridiculous. That's awful. The, the, here's the best. Here's the best analogy. I'm sure anyone will understand this. One of my friends made a good point. He was like, "The beauty of the Scotiabank Center in Toronto is you can go to the game, have a great time, literally walk two minutes, and you got a bar to go to. You got bars to go to, several places yes. to go to, right? Yes. And then, and then the end of the night is your is your sobering TTC slash go train ride home. And at that mm-hmm. point, you're fine being sober because you're tired and you just want to hit the hay, right? Yeah. In this case, you're being forced to have that sobering ride before you even get to a bar. And it's just oh, baloney. So that's I've awful. had enough of this. We we would not stop we could not stop talking about how brutal this was. And I'm so glad I got to appreciate it firsthand because I didn't really get that opportunity last. Hmm. So shitty experience with the whole bus. Um they need to get this right. And, and and if they don't, I would not be opposed to to Canada losing a hockey team in Ottawa. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I love Canadian hockey teams, but this is just not a fit. It, it just wasn't wow. wasn't a not a fit. Wow. On to the game. Uh, first thing I will get out of the way is Kyle. I did not get any fan interviews for you, and I have a very good reason for why I did not. Okay. And the reason I did not is because. 
Sens fans at this game were simply non-existent. I, no, I'm come sure on. you. I'm sure you heard about it. I'm sure some of it carried over to the broadcast on CBC with the crowd. Sure, but there there was not a Sens fan in sight. I'm I'm telling you, Kyle. It was like 30 Lee fans to one Sens fan. Wow, it was ridiculous. No it, there were there was no red in this arena. We were we were we were second row, 300 level, right behind the goalie. So a really nice overview view of of the arena. Yeah, and, and you looked everywhere. It was all blue and white, barely any red. Leafs oh, go, man. Leafs go. Chance, not one Sens chant. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, you could chirp the Sens all you want. You could be a loudmouth, and not one Sens fan would interrupt you in their home barn. Oh, it was a crazy. My, one of my buddies was like, "I have like I could not imagine a venue where the away team has overpowered the home fans as much as this right now." Like, think of all sports franchises in general globally. Yeah, this is pretty amazing. And and I thought about it. I'm like, I'm trying to think of of a situation, and and I just can't. So, yeah, I was I was just I was blown away by that. It was all Leafs fans. So sorry mm. about the no sense fan interview. Wow. Um. And yeah. Uh. I guess the sad part is, despite all those Leaf fans being there, it was a complete debacle. Um. Great, great game to start. Even when they were down two nothing, you still thought they had some life. Morgan mm-hmm. Riley scores the goal to make it two one. Yeah, everyone's fired up. You, you, hey, they're back in it. This, this is going to be a good finish. And uh, what do you know? Public enemy number one, Garrett Sparks, shits the bed. Ooh, and, and, and he I've, was bad. I've been on this. I've been on this train. I've been beating this drum for a long time. He gave them zero chance to win that game. When when they needed stops to stay in the game, he just would not give them stops. He was fishing the puck out of his net the entire night. Wow. And, and it was you could see it you could see it from the 300 level how much of a debacle of a night <laughs> this young goaltender was having um it was it was terrible the, the goal you saw these goals did you not yes i saw all of them so there's that fourth one it looks like me when like the, the guy takes the shot he totally misreads it goes to the right side of the net loses his positioning so that he has to stumble to the next part of the net where Duclair just easily beats him and he just falls into his net. Like, it looked yeah, like hosting. Yeah, it looked yeah. like worse than Jake Allen. Oh. Like, he is the new Jake Allen. And wow. When, and when I say that, I mean a goalie who looks so out of place at the professional level. Like, just the fundamentals of the game. Standing, Jeez. transitioning in your goal, St- moving standing? side to side. He just doesn't have <laughs> standing. You saw the fourth You saw the fourth goal where he's standing up, trying to look big, and the guy just top, boom, top corner on him. On and the glove like side. No shot on it. On the glove side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His net. I'm like, what are you doing? Challenge the shooter. Yeah. I was livid. I barely get mad. I'm not of like my Leafs friends friend, friend group. I am not. I'm usually the level-headed one. I do not get frustrated. I was frustrated at this game. Um, it was. It was. It was. It totally pissed me off because they had life. Like the Riley goal was life. Tavares even scoring in the third period to make it four-two mm. on that five-on-three. It was life. It was like life. a spark. The, mm-hmm. This team's more talented than the other. And then the second Ottawa just gets a weak scoring chance. Sparks doesn't give him any help. It was uh, it was the Garrett Sparks show, and and I got oh to boy. see it firsthand. So if I already wasn't high on this goalie, now I just want him done. 
And, and, if, and if you and if you saw Dubis's reaction, it was trending on the CBC's Twitter, where he's like got his hands in his head and in his face, and he's just shaking his head. Really, I, I've never seen a Dubis reaction like that. Usually, he's all smiles from the box, but but yeah. that reaction to me, to me, was the sign of a GM who has finally realized he made a blatant mistake. Oof. Like Jesus he's finally Christ. acknowledged. Like it took seventy-two games, but that reaction to me was like. Okay. Okay, I gotta, I gotta rethink that one. Hmm. You know, and and he wow. finally is acknowledging it. He's made one mistake this whole tenure, in this masterpiece of a tenure, many would call, and 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 that's it in my mind. Wow. And, and it was on full, it was on full display that Saturday night, which we happened to drive two hours for. Oh shit! Wow, you really piled it on today, Nick. Wow. I hey this... man, it was it was a great weekend, and and I will get into it off the air with you. But, but yeah. the point is, the point is, the game, the the so-called main event of this weekend, mm. when all these fans came out and paid their money. My one good friend, Sonny, he has never been to a Leafs game before. He's been a fan for twelve years. He's never been to a game. He can never afford to go to a game at the ACC, mm. like so many other Leaf fans. Okay, working yeah. class family. He just can't afford it. He goes to Leaf Square, blood, sweat, and tears at Leaf Square for all these playoff games. That's all he's got. And he wow. finally got to go to a Leafs game, his first Leafs game at the age of 23. Oh. And, they, and they did that to him. Oh, like, It's just sad. It's awful. It's awful. And, it, and it headlined by Garrett Spark. Like, like ridiculous. And that's not even where it ends with Garrett Sparks, Nick. Did you hear the, the post-game comments? You, oh, I got I got him on my phone. You want me to read the post game comments? I, I was I was gonna read it, but you can by you all means. It. I'm too okay. hot right now. You okay, okay. So, <laughs> boy, this is just an episode of ranting. My God. So here we go. Here we go. Well, we're gonna slow it down for a second. So not only does not only does Garrett Sparks blow the game, but then then he calls out the character and the emotion of his teammates. And even the fan base. I'll, here we go. Let's dive into this. <clears throat> Garrett Sparks plays like a monkey's uncle and then goes on to say, We need more emotion from everybody. We need people to get angry. We need people to step up and get mad and take it personally. What are you trying to say, Garrett? Are you trying to say you, you blow the game and then you're going to stand up in the middle of the room... And with your head held high and you you say, guys, I need you to get mad for me or else I'm not going to play for you. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? You can't, as a backup goalie who's not doing his job, like they talked about on the radio today and I just, I was, I had to roll my window down. It was like this, the nerve of this guy to call out his teammates when you haven't done shit to do your own job. Guess what? They're slumping right now. They needed a spark. And what did you give them? You just, you, you put water on the flame. Like you, you blew it. What, what's your take here? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, you give up a six spot and, and you have the gumption to go out and, and say that. I, I was, I was shocked. I was appalled to say the least. Uh, being, being a goaltender myself. Uh, uh, I, I, I mean, I, it's hard to I, it's hard to exactly comprehend unless you're a goalie and you play that very significant position for your team. I've had games where I've been just lit up and shredded and not done any part in in letting my team stay in the game. And Kyle's been on hand for a fair share of those. Oh yeah. And 
And the reality is, after the game, your head's down. You're not yeah. saying a word. I will happily listen to what other people have to say, but I'm not saying a word. Maybe mm. I'll say something like, okay, I let you guys down tonight. I'm just sure. going to step it up next time. Sure. Maybe something like that. Yep. But you don't call out your teammates. You don't tell them you ought to be doing this. You ought to be doing that, pointing the finger. That is that is like a sin in the goaltender mm. world after yep. you give up a, a sick spot like that. And and for him to do that, like I said, shocked, appalled, and it it just it it, it just it, it can't be that. This and, and he doesn't even have the track record to back it up. His whole season's been a debacle. You look at his numbers, they're they're the they're the below average for a backup goaltender. This yep. guy has little respect in the dressing room as it is, and he he's saying this shit. Like, mm. makes no sense. You got a shutout, you stop 39 of 40 shots, go ahead. Mm. You know, show the, the floor is yours. Go off. But but this, to me, was was just uncalled for. And the Babcock comment afterwards, they, they had Babcock afterwards, and, and they said, hey, Garrett said this. What do you think? You want to hear what Babcock said? I do, yes. Quote. And I'm not even going to do a Babcock impersonation because I yep. can't. Yep. But quote. Being a professional is about getting up every day and doing your part. And if you're Sparksy, it's stopping the puck. Oof. So everyone just do your own job and we'll be fine. End quote. Wow. So he that's threw shade. That's some yeah. low key. Some shade. Shade he just threw at the face like, of Garrett's. Shut your mouth. I mean, at the end of the day, it's character 101 written by Michael Scott. And he, he broke every rule in the book. Every single rule in the book. And now what he's doing is, I mean, think about what this does to the dressing room. Like in, inside the room, you're supposed to be a unit. Like if you're hearing all this negative stuff and you're slumping and the media's on you, you want to be together in that room. I, I guarantee you what what this guy said and, and how things are playing out right now is, is causing some, some divisions. I mean, it, mm. it, why do you want friction in that room? Like, like, and deal with it internally. If someone's saying those things, that's fine. Like, the media doesn't need to know. And especially from you. I mean, if, if someone, if Patty Marlowe or one of the leaders, John Tavares, is stepping up and saying these exact words, I don't have much of a problem with it. But it, it can't be coming from you. And, and why the hell are you going to the media? Like, buddy, <laughs> you gotta be kidding me here. So it just, it takes a, an already bad situation and now we're in a vortex, Nick. Now we're in a spiraling vortex. And there's another quote that I want to bring up uh, r right after uh, right after I get your take on that. But there's another Babcock quote, and this is some subtle shade on Dubas himself, hmm. which I thought was very interesting. I want to read it to you. It's kind of long, so bear with me. But uh, you'll, you'll be able to uh, pick out the, the key points here. <clears throat> quote, the thing about a team is you have 23 spots on it and you have a minor league team. You're supposed to build the best program you can to have as much depth as to have as much depth so you don't miss people. Now, obviously, this is off the record here. Obviously, the Leafs are missing some key players. Continuing the quote here, if you have enough, you don't miss a beat and you just keep on going. There are other teams that have done a better job when different players are out than we have in keeping on going. That just tells you the state you're at 
and you have to keep adding better players. Hmm. So (laughs) this to me is like, what is he doing here? Like now all of a sudden he's trying to take the pressure off himself, off the team, and he's putting it upstairs to the office. He's saying other teams have done a better job because they have better depth because they have better players in in the depth system in the minor leagues and when we miss certain guys we're going to hurt more than anybody else because we don't have that depth. I mean does this not sound like he's showing throwing some shade at Dubas here? Yeah, I mean I I the way I stand <laughs> on this quote is I I kind of see both sides. The reality is people like us have been clamoring that the Leafs haven't really addressed their glaring need. Yes, they got the Jake Muzzin for the first-round pick, and that was a great start. It got the ball rolling. Mm. But they needed something more at the deadline, and we were very vocal about this in our trade deadline episode. Peace. They just they just did. And whether it be like a McQuaid that Columbus got, like a 5'6 defenseman, a more physical defenseman, who could stop the cycle, lay into some guys on the back end, that's what they needed, and they didn't get it. And now it's showing itself, the glaring need with the with the injuries to Gardner and Dermott. It just isn't looking good. And and I don't blame Mike for kind of low-key calling Dubas out. He is the older guy. He's been in the league longer. He's the more seasoned veteran. He's he's not fresh out of Sault Ste. Marie, with all due respect to, to Dubas. Mm. He's a smart kid. Mm-hmm. But the Dubas opinion, I mean, I on his end, the, how I defend Dubas is, to me, this is kind of a bit of finger pointing on Mike, and and this I was a as now Kyle a proud full time pers- subscriber of the Athletic. Ooh, I, I was I was reading James Myrtle. He's a he's a writer for the uh, for the the Leafs and Myrtle Beach. Saying out, yeah, sorry, and and he was saying he was saying outright, you know, we're trying to look for who to blame here, who should be held most accountable for this for this stretch here, and how they're not really doing well heading into the playoffs. You know, there's a case to be blaming Mike Babcock here. Oh yeah, Freddie's done his part all year. You have yep. a you have a Vezina nominated goalie. He's going to be there. He might win the thing, but given his recent stretch of play, maybe not. You got a Norris Trophy nominee, Morgan Riley. You have a MVP nominee, Mitch Marner. Mm. You have Matthews. You have all these pieces. You have all these toys to play with, and. You know, this is a good team, and you're still there's still criticism of your team, and you're still not beating these teams you should be beating, like this debacle in in, in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. So maybe the time is to start, you know, beating down on Mike. And and you look at his recent playoff record; he hasn't won a first round playoff series in like a decade. Like it's been a long time. So mm-hmm. to me, to me, I see both sides of it. I'm not surprised Babcock's doing this because he's kind of he's he's not one to you know hide his intentions. He'll do it in a low key manner, but he he certainly doesn't keep his his you know strongest emotions to himself. Um, so yeah, I mean, not surprised to hear that. And it just it sounds like drama. It sounds like drama yeah. at the wrong time. Ten games really to get your act together here. We're at game seventy two of eighty two. Boston's getting Pasternak back. You gotta you gotta hunker down here and get ready. And, mm-hmm. and instead of getting ready, everyone's finger pump. Yes. And it's just not, it's very, comes off as a very elementary, very, very like spoiled young brats. And, 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 and the, the, the theater is getting the best of them. And, mm. and I'm a little concerned. 
Yeah, and there's definitely merit to your your Babcock comments here. The the one thing I want to add to it is the reason I have such a problem with what he said there is simply because one reason. The trade deadline is passed. This isn't you sending a message to poke your guy to poke your GM to do something. If the if the trade deadline's passed, there's no excuses now. Like all this now is is finger pointing like you said. So for him to, to criticize the roster after the trade deadline, it's it's an excuse. No one else is doing that right now. Um, now that that leads me to ask you. I mean, look, why why are the Leafs in this position? Why have things gone so wrong? And the obvious answer is defense. I mean, it's been the problem all year. We've had just uh, just horrible structure in our own zone. Even when our guys are healthy, what what a lot of people are pointing out is. If Freddie Anderson isn't a top three, playing like a top three goalie in this league, how good is this team? I mean, their defensive woes have 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 made Freddie do play way above his head. And as soon as he comes back to being an average guy, or as soon as you put Garrett Sparks in the net, it's it's exposed. And and whoever's in the lineup or not, whether Gardner's out or, or Dermott's out, it doesn't matter. I mean, if there's no defensive system that people can buy into and, and are buying into, then we're going to see something like this. I mean, case in point, look at Barry Trotz in the New York Island. Like, what a... You've never seen a team go from the worst defensive team to the literally the best defensive team in a single season. You know what? I look at that, that blue line over there, Nick. It, it's not, like, star-studded. It's just a bunch of guys buying into a system and executing it to you know the best of their abilities and everyone's on board now my question to you is this have we started to see with this group of toronto maple leaf divas has babcock started to lose the room are they still listening to this guy and uh where are their heads at it does he get along with these players is he that player's coach like are these guys really listening to his systems and his 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 way of thinking and just the culture what what's going on in this room it's it's a huge debacle right now yeah i mean i i'd be lying if i told you i i didn't think he was losing some of them and and i i think that's just the nature of being a coach to to these million dollar a year players I mean, one of, one of the greatest stories I heard was with Pierre Maguire, a boy who we were just tearing apart, but it's a good story nonetheless. <laughs> yeah. And and with the great Scotty Bowman, when when he knew that, you know, he was, you know, getting a little, you know, loud and letting the team hear it, and, and, and maybe his message was getting, you know, a little old, what, what he'd do is he'd, you know, he'd call the leaders of his team, the Mario Lemuse of the day, call him into his office, he'd... He'd explain something to him, whether it be, you know, something to work on on the power play or the penalty kill, something tactical. And mm-hmm. Mario, you know, being the captain he was, would go, yes, yeah, Scotty, this sounds good to me. This is really good. And then Scotty would say, all right, Lemieux, you're telling the boys this plan. I'm not I'm not talking to them for one second. Wow. Just to kind of just to be creative, just to m- make sure his 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 message wasn't getting stale. His voice wasn't getting old. And 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 and. You know, I, I kind of see that, and I'm like, oh, that's very smart. And with the Leafs here, um, you know, I don't know what Babcock's doing behind closed doors. I don't know if he's doing the same stuff. But we listen to the interviews. We see how he handles himself. He's a very stubborn guy. Doesn't mm-hmm. like to really admit when he's wrong. Yes. That's just who Mike is. That's who he's known him to be. 
very proud guy, mm-hmm. proud personality. And so to me, if I'm a player on that team, yeah, I'd, I'd be kind of, you know, aggravated in, in, in when he's preaching this message and it's not working and he's harping on you. You know, I'm not in the room, but I'm just, I'm just assuming this is the case. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I believe his voice is getting a little stale and there's certainly a, a lack of buy-in from some of these players. Not all of them. I mean, mm. I'm sure the Tavares is, the, the real leaders are, are still keeping up, but there's yeah. definitely some guys there who, who, who need to get their act together. And yeah, I mean, I don't really know what to say in that respect. Like, does Mike need to go? I don't know. Do the players have to listen to Mike? I I, I have no idea. But if, if the question is if his message is getting stale, yeah, I, I do think there's a lack of buying here. Mm. And that's just terribly frightening with 10 games to go, isn't it? I mean, the the team seems to be balancing on the edge of a knife here when, when it comes to the psyche of the dressing room. And man, they they need some positivity as they head into as they head into Boston, like they're not going to have home ice. They're going to have, you know, all the doubters on them. Y- you want a, a solid, solid group in the room. And um, now he- here's the another funny storyline. All people do in Toronto in the last couple of years is shit on Jake Gardner. And now he's out. And I- I'm hearing a lot of people missing this guy now. Oh, we need Jake Gardner back really badly because we're so darn bad without him. Well, I got bad news for you fans out here. I've, I've heard a report. Uh, Jake Gardner is going to be out a little bit longer than expected. He was uh, scheduled to come back just before playoffs. It, it's looking like that might push into mid-first round. So, I mean, wow. I, it looks like Dermot is going to be back on time. But this Gardner, if, if this thing... And, and, and it's quoted to say, Nick, like it hasn't gone as they've expected, which is just very frightening. So as I said before, you're balancing on the edge of a knife. Now what people have uh, started to talk about on the radio is you got a, a huge stud in the AHL Marlies named Rasmus Sandin. He's a young kid, he's 19 years old, but he's having a hell of a year as, a, as the top defenseman on the Marlies. And if it comes down to it, do you take out a Justin Hall, do you take out a Marinson? And uh, give the kid a shot. He plays the Dubas game. He is a fantastic mover of the puck. Um, but they've been they've been pretty stubborn on this, Nick, so far because you know they don't want to put him into a situation where he'll he'll be uncomfortable. But I mean, I, you know what? If things keep going like this, you got to try something, right? This could be the spark they need. It might be their ace ace in the hole down the road. But uh, what do you think of the young kid getting a shot here? Oh, and I think this relates very well to what Mike was saying about Dubas. Maybe that was all a ploy, a, mm. a, a, a tactic of Mike's to get him to make a move like this. Because of we know this is this is well, you know, reported that that Dubas is the pa- more patient of of the bunch. He's a very patient GM. We saw it with him acquiring Muzzin. He wasn't really ready to pull the trigger on a on a top you know 4d for a while finally did it with muzzin but he's he's a patient guy who he's he'd rather have guys be overripe in the minors if you look at his track record that's been the case um and and to me i don't see kids in the marlies coming up to help the leafs i really don't i just mm. can't see him swaying from his personality and in his vision and wow. his identity as a gm and regardless what mike is saying what, what he's badgering about i just can't see it happening um, and it pains me to say that because, you know, one of, my, one of my buddies was like, 
when Marinson's on the ice, it, it I'd rather have the Leafs be shorthanded without him than with Marinson oh, on the ice. Jesus five on five. Like it's that Christ. bad. And and some of those plays I was watching the past night, I I couldn't help but agree. Mm. Um, so you know it's it's kind of terrifying, but at the same time, I don't see as much as it would be cool to see the kids come up. I just can't see that being the case. Maybe mm. that kid they signed, uh, that college player they just signed, maybe him because mm. he's a little older. But yeah. not not the Sandines of the world. I just can't see that being the case. Mm. Man, oh man, things are tight, man. I I want to frame something for you, just just to give people the sense of what is really boiling over here. So, longtime Leafs fanatic Steve Dangle, who's made his name, made his career on being a Leafs fan, he had this to say on a tweet after the Ottawa game: <clears throat> "Quote, congratulations, Boston." It was a good series. <laughs> End quote. So, I mean, you had momentarily the Leafs' biggest fan quitting on the team. Like, that's mm. how dark things are right now. And he, he made a video apologizing and, and, you know, reeling back his comments. But it's so, so dark this uh, these last couple weeks. And, and it's what it is now, Nick, it's a character check. It is a character check of all mm -hmm. checks. You're you're a big character guy. We I we all know. I told you though, Kyle. What? I told you this team was lacking character. I'd said this months ago. To me, well, this team lacks character. When I look at the personalities in the dressing room. Now and, we're gonna and, see it. We're gonna see now it. Now we're gonna see it. We're gonna. This is a, a big test here. They failed the test in in, Lo in Long Island when they had the Tavares home game. They failed that one. And here's another little yes. mini test. How this ten game stretch goes. They've got seven games against non playoff teams in oh, the next ten games. So you got it made. It me. Yeah. But here's the thing. You also got to rest guys. Freddie's not playing so well. He's only probably gonna play five of these next ten games. So that means Sparks he's getting oh, half the boy. games because you've got no one else to throw in there. Oh so boy. So what's that say about it? You know. It's that's just weird. That's tough, man. And, and and one more thing, you mentioned Dangle. When I was watching that video, because I watch all his videos, I mm -hmm. couldn't help but agree with every point he made that video. I've I like I said, I'm very level headed about this team. I don't usually go off on this team. But after that game, I was going off. And and oftentimes it takes a bit of an emotional investment in the game, like having to travel there. Kind of like what I did with LA in October. I saw that LA Sens game, as you know. LA laid a clunker and I came back on the show the week after and I ripped into LA yes. and, and you heard that right and I yep. told you I may not be a fan of this team for any longer and and I was talking about the coaching changes and all the drama there yeah and 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 I it took that emotional investment that that bus ride over there and that to see them live in person mm -hmm. to finally feel that emotion I needed to make that message known and mm -hmm. for the Leafs this was the first time all year where I kind of felt for Dangle and what he was saying there. For the first time all year, I was genuinely concerned about this team. Mm. So I'm going to be watching them very closely, and it's going to be very fascinating. Extremely fascinating. And mm. the other the other factor is, I mean, there's a million factors, but if, if Freddie's not playing like a Vesna candidate, they don't stand a chance no. against no. Boston. They, and Boston's looking the, great. Yeah. They have the goalie advantage. I'd rather have Freddie than a Rask. Sure. But if but if Freddie is not playing like Freddie, which has been the case this past week, look no further than, you know, the, the loss to Tampa when he was pulled or the 7-6 win against Philly. Uh, it's, it's just not been great for him. And he's their MVP. He's been it all year, and he's going to have to be in the playoffs. So I'd rather have Boston's forward group at this point 
I'd rather have their defense at this point. The goaltender, that's the X factor. They're going to mm. need them big time. Yeah. Um, anything else on the Leafs before we move on? I, I want to say one last final word, but uh, mm-hmm. do you have anything else? No, I, I mean, I, I think I've made my opinion more clear than ever for this team. So, <clears throat> yeah. You, yeah, please divulge. So, <clears throat> I mean, you heard what I said at the beginning of the show. I, I ripped Drew Ann last week, and uh, I, I pulled it back this week. And you know what? I, I wanted to stick by his side. Now, the thing, Nick, is after this episode, I'm going to go onto YouTube and I'm going to watch that uh, that playoff hype video that I showed you many moons ago with Ooh. that that epic song. Yeah. And I know Nick, when I watch that video, I'm going to regret all the bad things I said. So I'm going to I'm going to state it here before we move on. I'm going to state that I'm with this team. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna support them, and uh, I I want them to do well. As as much as sometimes I come across as a, a Leafs hater. I, I want nothing more than to see this city have playoff success. So after this episode, I'm going to listen to that song, watch that video. I'm going to post it on the Rink Moose Twitter for all to see. And right. I know I'm going to get those goosebumps and I'm going to be feeling this team. So we mentioned the character check. And uh, you know what? As fans, Dangle said it. We're all in. We're all in on this team. Now they got to show us that they're in, okay? So we're going to face Nashville on, I think, tomorrow. And it, it starts there. This the rebuilding of this psyche starts there. So we're, we uh we're we're gonna support this team. Wow, powerful. That's great. That's very, very powerful. powerful. Yeah. And and people don't want to hear this, but you know I I'm in, I'm I'm a Leaf fan. I always have been. But, yeah. But I'm skeptical now. And if you were to ask me right now, and I'd say this with a straight face, if you asked me who's gonna win Boston Leafs. I, I'd say there's a 60-40% chance Boston's going to win the series. Wow. I thought you would have said I'm more, that... to be honest. Like a like 65-70. No, this is 60-40 for Boston. And yeah. I'm going to remain until they show me otherwise. I'm going to. I'm the Leaf fan. I'm still the Leaf fan, but I'm yeah. the skeptical Leaf fan with his arms crossed. <laughs> and, 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 and I'm just not sold yet. Yeah, and you not deserve sold. to be like that. You just, you, do. You've earned your right to, to feel that My way. My hard-earned money went into that game on Saturday. Yeah. But regard, regardless of anything that happens, you and I are going to are gonna don our jerseys and, and take Leaf Square by storm of course. when we get the chance. And we'll be the loudest fellas there. So it's, that's saying. And, I, and I'm excited. And we're right around the corner. So I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to send you that video and we're going to watch it and it's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yes, but, uh, very good video. Excellent, excellent, excellent video. Even though it's a little bit dated now, because you know it was a couple couple years old, but and a little long, little long. little long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it still hits home. And uh, but yeah, I don't know. We we should we should move on. We've we've said our piece. We've uh, we've really cracked down on that whole scenario. Just uh, let let that heavy gravity just off your shoulders a little bit as we move away from the uh, the blue and white here. Uh, I want to quickly update everyone on some key injury news here because there's a lot of moving pieces coming in and they're pretty big pieces. So uh, Evgeny Malkin of the Pittsburgh Penguins is now out week to week. That is going to hurt as Pittsburgh uh, attempts to climb those Metro standings. Um, David Pasternak should be coming back sometime this week. You mentioned it earlier on. 
and you know Boston's done a valiant job without him and now they're going to they're going to have that top line reunited so scary things to come in Boston um good news for Leafs and I know we've been we've been just saying bad things but Kasperi Kapanen is coming back versus Nashville that's all but uh that's like 90% confirmed I believe so his concussion is all good and settled I mentioned earlier that Jake Gardner's recovery has been delayed by just uh, by just a little bit. Things haven't gone the way they uh, they had originally thought they would. So look for him, unfortunately, mid first round there. Uh, and Travis Dermott is scheduled to come back early April, so you will have him back, which is great. Uh, Eric Carlson skates on his injured groin. Uh, no timetable for the the Eric Carlson return. And I know San Jose is looking to officially clinch that playoff spot, I believe, with one more win. So, um, you know, if they can keep going on without him right now, Nick. But interestingly, those two teams, uh, San Jose and Calgary, are scrapping for that top Pacific spot. Are they not? They Like, those guys want to avoid Vegas like the plague. And they'd love to play any of those wildcard teams in their spot. I mean, who wouldn't? You look at yeah. that roster with Mark Stone, the, the ultimate tryhard, Mark Stone. Oh, okay. and that's really that's how you describe really him. Is. Come on, man! Like every time the camera's on him, it's like he's like in a he's like it's like he's taken like a like he's just in a grueling situation. Like he just looks distressed <laughs> oh. every time the camera's on him. Yeah, and, and man, he's such an addition for that team. What is it like seven and one since he got there? It might even be eight and one. Might even be eight and one. It's impressive, and and I think San Jose. I I know they've been scared of Vegas historically. They they mm. got knocked out by Vegas last year. I know they've been trying to pass Calgary very hard. They've been starting Martin Jones a lot more than he should be starting. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, the Carlson injury redeems Simic, who's been a good story on defense for them. He just got injured. Oh. They got two big pieces on the back end gone. Um, you know, Evander Kane was missing some time with a personal matter. Yes. Um, it's just, uh, it's, it's, they might have a short lived playoff, which would be very surprising if you told me that at the start of oh. the year because of yeah. just how much Vegas has just transcended through everyone's power rankings with, with the additions they've made. And it's a tra, it's a tragic story. I mean, if they do lose that Pacific spot to Calgary, it, it is just, I mean, they're going to have their hands full. And, and you mm-hmm. know what that means is those two teams, are in full playoff mode right now because they are going to have a dogfight for that number one spot. So we've got we've got a huge matchup boiling over over there. Uh, like you said, Vegas just looks stupid good right now, and uh, and that's and, and, be... and Calgary needs that because we've talked, oh, yeah. we've made it public on the show just how troubled we both are about that team. They're not very trusting. Situation. No, if 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 you're in the playoffs, you'd much rather play Arizona or Minnesota. Or Dallas, or Colorado, than than a than a Vegas. Like mm-hmm. it's like night and day. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, in other news, Nick, the Kale McCarr watch is officially on. Mm. The man with UMass played two of his opening ga- uh, playoff games. It was his be- it was a best of three against uh, some some random team. I, I don't really remember, but game one was an absolute amazing game they were down three nothing and uh it ended up getting to 
4-3 late in the third, and Kale McCarr ties it up late in the third, I think with seven minutes left, and his team goes on to win in double overtime. So uh, they played the very next day on the Saturday, and then they wiped them 5-0, and, and he got three points. So they're, uh, they're on to the, the Hockey East semifinals, which will start on Friday, and uh, oh, it's beautiful. now... Yes, and it's now lose and you're out. So, I mean, we could we could very well be seeing Kale next week. Uh, but so not I have this a, week. No, because he plays Friday. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. So <laughs> you with your goalie matchups? No, so, no, yeah. me because I got Tyson Berry stock. And if you, oh yeah, yeah. You want he you want no, Kale to stay in there? In yeah, the minors. he he won't knock Tyson off unless there's an injury, yeah. at least this year. But. Yeah, it'll be interesting, but I have a feeling Kale's going to go pretty darn far, so don't expect to see him uh, anytime soon. And uh, just a quick note on that, Nick. You mentioned your your little Tyson Berry there. How's how's the fantasy world going for you? Oh, the fantasy world's heating up, as, as <laughs> I will make it publicly known. I had quite the week. It was a nice dominant week for me, as Kyle said. He, he thought it was over two days in. That's, mm. that's two days in, and Nick had solidified his spot in the finals. And and lucky for me, my opponent will not be Braden Babineau after all. Why were you so scared As, of Braden? <laughs> oh, I was terrified. Mitch I was wiped re- him. I, Mitch wiped him. I was him. ready. I was ready to pump this up as David versus Goliath no. this week. How I would ha- how I would have to slay the beast in wow. Braden. And 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 that will not be the case. Fortunately, I'd much rather lose to Mitch than Braden. I just can't right. lose to that guy. I just can't. The way no. the way he sold his team, the way he traded I know. all those player those picks for for draft picks, it just wouldn't have been right. Agreed. And and now we get, you know, as it should be, the first seed and the second seed, the yep. two best teams all year by a margin. I will say it wasn't even close. The point gap between second and third, with all due respect to you and your team, mm. this is what everyone has been looking forward to. This is the Super Bowl. <laughs> shut up it, it is take it this easier is gonna, this is gonna be and we both won our respective matchups like seven two seven yeah. nothing like it was a beat down and now it's gonna this is it for all the marbles two hundred dollars on the line wow that's not that's not kitty kitty money either like that's no. like that's like two full hard days of work right there that you're getting for winning a fantasy hockey league yeah so I will I will happily take that money and buy myself, you know, a nice Toronto St. Pat's jersey. Ooh. You know, maybe uh maybe a Ray Ferraro Hartford Whalers jersey. No way. You know, who knows? Wow. Oh, I love that jersey. Love that jersey. Wow. You go any you go to any pond with that jersey on, instantaneous respect. That's fair. Yeah. So you're right. I I I'm looking forward to this. I'm gonna be a good sportsman all week. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I expect the same of Mitch, and and I'm sure it's going to be a very fun ride. Um, I'm, I can't divulge too much about my tactic this week, no, obviously, because I'm sure he's listening. But yeah. uh, it's 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 going to be it's going to be really fun. Mm-hmm. In fact, I yeah, like what is it right now? I got Corey Crawford going. He's got a shutout through one period. So so far okay. so good. Yeah. I will be watching with uh, com- complete uh, no man's land Switzerland style. I will not be cheering for either one. I'll just be enjoying some That's good old fantasy true. hockey management. That's here. you're totally in Mitch's corner on this. No, one. no, no. You made it known last week how much you wanted Mitch to win. I really wanted to you, win. You've seen, you've seen me sit on the on on the throne already. 
You want to see the this guy win, the underdog, so to well, speak. And I'm sure you'd love to hear that too. You want you want everyone against you right now, don't you? You want to prove everyone wrong. I you want to what? prove everyone wrong, and, and I want to be the underdog. You know, oftentimes yeah. you hear these coaches before these playoff series, and they're like, oh, the other team, they're so good. They're pumping the tires on all these players. You know, John Cooper's calling Mitch Marner the best player to ever yeah. play the game. You know, shit like that, <laughs> like lawyer tactics. Yeah, and, I, and yeah. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to employ some right now, right. and uh, and I and I'm trying to sell sell myself as the ultimate underdog here. Like I said, David versus Goliath. We're gonna yeah. see what happens. Well, okay, I'll, I'll help you out here. I'm I'm totally cheering for Mitch. I respect what Mitch has done all year. He didn't make a single weird trade. He didn't make any draft pick trades. He traded one draft pick, I think. Oh, did he? Yeah, he did. Oh, We're shit. very similar. We both made like one or two draft pick. Okay. Okay. Well, there you go. It's better than most of us. Most of us are dirty, <laughs> dirty little yeah. cheaters. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see what happens, but I don't know. Uh, I never it's liked tough. Mitch's roster on paper, so I. Uh, I will have but if to you see if you looked at the week, I I'd say I have the advantage with the week coming up. Mm. The the matchups. The yeah. Yeah. Quantity the quantity of players playing. Right. Um, I seem to have a slight edge in that respect, so it mm. might mitigate the higher talent level on his team. Oh, right? wow! Big words. So you, you, those are the lawyer lawyer tactics coming into that's play the, here. That's the pile of shit I'm throwing. <laughs> right, so the, the lawyer shit. The style of sh- the 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 yeah. So, nice. All right. Yeah, so we'll see. I'm very excited. It's one of those weeks where you're 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 gonna fucking be watching a. Minnesota Vancouver game, which oh. you wouldn't do in a million million years. No. But you're gonna watch it anyways because you got a goalie plan or you need an extra shot or an extra hit. It's just yeah. one of those weeks. Yeah. Those are those are the days. Those are the days. I, I'm I'm ready to move on from that, to be honest. I'm ready to move oh, on. Oh, and I'm this. sure you have. It's been a week now, and oh, now you great. can just watch these games as a fan. You're, exactly. You know, three weeks left in the season. You're just you're just watching the playoff race and watching the standings and and I'll it's be a, there with you. Win, yeah. win or loss, I'll be there with you. But right now, it's it's all business. Yeah, yeah. It's a huge weight off. I, I got to tell you, it's nice. Mm-hmm. But we, we've we've expanded. We've exhausted all of our topics, Nick, save one. Uh, mm-hmm. But we're we're kind of running out of time. Are you are you pushing to to get this last topic in, or should we? Oh, skip oh it's it? got to be done, and we're not we're not even half-assing it either. Oh my God! Come on, man. It's the final one. Okay, you start. Well, for those obviously who know where we're going here, this past Monday, Tuesday was the two-part Ooh. season finale of Colton Underwood's <laughs> Bachelor. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. It was. It was. It was quite the event. What did we have? We had a we had a one night episode where we kind of had the the dust settle from last week. Yeah, yeah. We, the breakups. We had the second part, which was. Uh, so to speak you know the, climbing the, mount everest as they yeah, would say yeah, yeah and uh yeah it was it was i thought it was very well done i, I like now how they're doing kind of the the live alongside the episode oh you get I to hear the interviews in between. it's it's very good it, it slows the pace down gets the gets the emotion going uh gets the drama going it's very well done by chris harrison and the gang mm. um yeah, I got some notes here. I, I, oh my why don't God. you just give your general thoughts? Give your really? general thoughts here. Okay. Well, first, first, what I'll say is, and we were talking about this in the office. We're saying, hey, way to pack f- like thirty minutes of content 
into like a, a two episode shit sandwich. That fucking the live portion is just like the way to drag on the episode because oh, you're trying to you're trying to put one episode of content into two fucking episodes. Doesn't matter. Okay, they and they have like no respect for the audience at all. Or or any like with the whole commercial shit. Oh like, I know. Chris Harrison will be sitting with, with Hannah, the girl who was sent home, and he's like, All right, I know you're in a bad emotional state right now and you're weeping, all these tears. Are you ready to see Colton? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yes, yes, I want to see Colton. And he's like, All right. After the commercial. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, fuck you. That that was getting to you, eh? You're all you're all excited. <laughs> yes, I want them to see each other. <laughs> They're gonna fall in love again. Uh no, but yeah. uh, in all honesty, that 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 first episode there, where the the, the breakups, yeah. it was hard to watch. It was just hard it really to is. watch. I mean, like, it just it felt really like real and, and and emotional. And I was like, oh my god, this hurts. And this guy, he's just you know, he's crying. Like all he did was cry the whole time. Like he mm. had a really rough go. But then when you mm-hmm. frame it like that, and you 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 show everyone, they're they're all like. Oh yeah, this 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 looks uh, this looks pretty legitimate, and I think they did a great job on really portraying how how real I think this this season may have been. Mm-hmm. But then when when we get to Cassie, fuck well, man. Yeah, well hold on, just two points on that first episode. Yeah, okay. I I I really like the fallout from the fence jump. Like they they had to fucking travel oh, yeah. around and find yeah. the guy, and then and then and if in what I can only sum up as like a father son moment between him and Chris, where they where they're just having a man to man chat, and he's like, you know, it's over, the show's over, and and every girl I've ever opened up to and admitted my love for her, she leaves me. <laughs> get, he's getting all sad, and and Chris is trying to you know pat him on the back. It was like a yeah. father and son moment. You, you like know? that, is, eh? It very much was like one guy's 26, the other guy's 46. I really liked it. And, yeah. and, and what I also like is with the breakups, like, man, they're ruthless. Like, oh yeah. Like when, when he sent home, uh, Tasha. Yeah. I mean, like the, literally the second he sends her home, the van's in front of her house to pick her up. Like she had to <laughs> grab her little purse and hop yeah. in the car. And, and like, despite how it's not the traditional, like you're going home at the road ceremony, like you're not excused from the, from the van ride home. I really no, like that. No. How, and the like, cameras you, are in there. Yeah. There's no getting past that. It's the most embarrassing moment of your life, but yeah. there's no getting past that. You know what I loved? We, what we loved was, so she, it's, it's happening right with Tasha, And then she goes, can we go in private in the room? <laughs> And then the, the cameras are locked out. The mics are on. The mics are yeah. like turned up to the max, and you're just yeah. you're hearing everything anyways. Oh, that was so good! It was just one shot. The camera just like yeah, like it just sat there, and it was like what for like two minutes straight. It was just one shot. Yeah, of them talking. It was so real. It was so good. Yeah, it was good. And then as she she took it like a champ, by the way. Yeah. And then the next girl, Hannah, it was just oh, that was a bit yeah, messier. So she was yeah. just kind of like, what the hell is happening? You know, <laughs> things yeah. were getting nuts, but yeah, I, I felt bad. Yeah, move like, on the, to Cassie. Yeah, that that's where I was like, oh man, this is hard to watch. But, yeah, yeah. So yeah, and then and then we get the next episode, and all this all this drama, like this, it's like you've climbed the mountain to reach the summit, and doesn't she just come off as a total jerk? Doesn't mm-hmm. she come off as a punk? He goes, yeah, I sent the other girls home, and she goes, oh, no way, okay. <laughs> 
It's like, <laughs> shut the fuck up, you stupid broad. And then it comes out, Nick, that she goes, yeah, like, I, it's not that I wasn't even ready for, like, a, an engagement. It was like, I don't even know if I'm ready for a, a relationship. It's like, what? <laughs> Are you serious? You're on the show? She's probably like, oh, my God, I hope I don't make it this far. And now she's here, and she goes, oh, shit. Like, you can tell she was just like, oh, what do I do now? And then she gives that lame excuse, like, yeah, when I was in college, I dated a guy. He was sort of controlling, and so I'm literally scared out of death. Like, shut the <laughs> fuck up, man. You're on this show, literally, to you're on this show, first of all, to get engaged, and you can't even handle a relationship. Mm-hmm. So this guy's just done all this crazy shit, and you're dropping this high school bullshit, and it's just like... I liked her, Nick, before. Like, we we wanted her to mm. win. She mm. was a favorite of ours. And now I'm just thinking, like, you don't deserve this shit. Mm. Like, who, who are you to, to, you know, he's built you up to be this monument. And now you just prove to us that you're just a, a little teenager. And everything, fuck, you know, you remember what uh, fucking, what's her name said? The, the weird girl that never speaks. When she had all those accusations against um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. against cassie and we're like oh she's being a bitch like where are you getting right. all that info Kerpa. she was right kerpa yeah. was right bro like the whole time it's like we should have trusted kerpa she's not making mm-hmm. this stuff up mm-hmm. she heard some shit she's felt some shit and it was correct like it, it, they just villainized kerpa so hard yeah. and at the end of the and, day she was just yeah. doing her like she was doing a good job she's telling the truth it sucks, and and you know what? After that, it was kind of like anticlimactic. And uh, mm-hmm. what I will say when they when they actually came on live, like the relationship felt a lot right. more natural. It felt better, like they were mm-hmm. actually like doing stuff. But like just the whole episode, it was just like, man, I don't like this. This stinks. Mm-hmm. This is a bad way to end. This girl doesn't deserve shit. Yeah, no, and it's funny because like. It, it was like a flipping of a light switch like at the start of the episode she's packing her bags ready to go home she's all content with her life and how things have gone yeah and then literally shows up and he's like hey baby <laughs> you want to go to you want to go to mallorca spain for a week oh and she's like yeah. oh sign me up yeah you know yeah, I, I, I get another board. episode on this show the whole finale is about me how many more instagram followers is that oh yeah exactly. you know yeah so yeah, yeah. so and i hey and this was really funny because I, I was in Mallorca myself three years ago. Oh, wow. Uh, when I was doing my first run through Europe. Beautiful mm. place. It was my favorite place the whole trip. And I saw several countries. And uh, boy, oh boy, they chose a good spot. Uh, mm. The the country really came off in the episode where he's driving the mm. Wrangler around town. I'm sure you oh, like that scene. It's the best part. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he chose the right spot to get engaged. Glad it worked out for him so far. Um, hmm. I guess my only question is how long until we start seeing the, uh, the magazines with Cassie's dad kills Colton Underwood. <laughs> <laughs> Cause you no. predicted this. Yes. Yes. Actually, you were Nick. way on this before. Yeah, no, actually, funnily enough, that rumor can be squashed officially because they just posted <laughs> an Instagram with Colton, Cassie, and the dad all like chumming around, hanging out, and they're wow. just having a jolly old time. So it's all wow. good now. That's how that's how lame this all is. Like it's all smoothed out. He's no longer gonna pull the shotgun on him, 
and uh right. and that's it like colton <laughs> just flies off into the sunset and they're already talking about getting engaged and shit like come on man just settle down yeah no i i, I can't see this lot i mean she's there she's there for the publicity it's pretty evident she's yeah. very young she's like she, i said you got a whole finale to herself she, she 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 i mean that's a huge opportunity she might be the next bachelorette at some day we'll see mm, um that's that's but, yeah yeah that a stretch yeah uh i don't it it seems like a stretch to me yeah but it could happen. i mean clearly the standards aren't high now after they announced the last bachelorette oh did you see that shit at the I end did. oh I did. my god that was bad she could barely put a sentence together <laughs> and she's gonna have a whole season to go through hannah alabama <laughs> yeah this oh, is bad no. man i feel like the producers are just running out of ideas it's like yeah yeah. All right. Uh Virgin, check. <laughs> uh dumbass, check. No. No. It's like we, we need something to spice this up. So Shit. uh you're rude, no. man. I'm not rude. I'm just that's what I'm just I hey, I've never had a conversation with with this with this woman. I'm not judging anybody. Sure. But I'm just yeah. going off I'm just going off social media, the consensus yeah. here. Yeah. And the consensus is, you know, she has her brain is like the size of a Nesquik. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. So, so, so. No. I'm just, I'm just going off what the Twitter people are saying, oh. and it seems like the producers are running out of ideas here. So, <laughs> let, I'm not. I don't even want to tune in for this season, but I'm sure there's going to be a lot of highlights from. God. Holy shit! I mean, I think. I think me and Dell were, were after the episode we're like, okay, yeah, so four people definitely said no before they landed on her. Like there's <laughs> no way that she was choice number one because No. Like granted she's not very smart, but like no. she's also really weird. Like awkward, weird, like look at what happened. Can that can this be like the most awkward ep- like season we've ever well, we haven't really seen much, but people have ever seen it maybe. It's it's mm. very strange. The whole oh my god, yeah, fuck. I, I don't know how she's gonna handle all that. To be honest, no, I I, I really don't. Um, which yeah, I mean, just to wrap this up, all in all, like yeah, the future we don't know what's gonna happen here with the next season, but 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 I I think the I I did all in all I was pretty pleased with how all the, how all this wrapped up because it it goes, it goes to show you the the traditional bachelor formula of of you know proposing on this Caribbean island mm. you know the the guy the the same guy every year comes with the rings and gives them gives him the nice ring to give to the gal like like the whole traditional formula it all went to the garbage this year yeah and it, and it kind of portrayed you know how how someone who doesn't really want to be on it for the show who just really wants to find love and wants to you know just throw away the formula he literally said the show's over and and it was a cool kind of underdog story how he mm-hmm. kind of pulled it all off and and it was it was kind of cool to see a, a refreshing change to to a bachelor season i mean cuz this show's been going on for years like i said mm-hmm. and for this for this to go this way was kind of neat just how it kind of unfolded yeah, and I think I think he he was probably a good bachelor, like as bachelors go, you know, yeah. like he was a pretty pretty you know relatable nice guy, and then the shit hit the fan and it was awesome. Like I'm sure there's been some really stinky boring seasons, and uh, so I think we we were pretty fortunate that this is what got us into uh, 
into the show. And I'm not saying I'm going to watch Bachelorette. I'm not going to say mm-hmm. that right now because I, I don't think it's a, it's a dynamic that I want to see. And I mm-hmm. think I just want to give my time to something else. But next year, mm-hmm. when Bachelor comes around again, for sure, yeah, I'll, I'll tune in. But yeah. And, and and yeah, it's just I I have a lot of respect for the guy because like they're, they're basically the way the schedule works and how the producers are all yelling in your ear. They're basically saying, hey, you're going to have three or four dates with this girl and then we want you to be engaged. Yeah. Like it's pretty crazy. And, mm-hmm. and you're doing this just to satisfy millions of viewers watching around and this mm-hmm. guy kind of said, fuck you guys. He punched the cameras and said, I'm doing this my way and you're following me. <laughs> yeah. And, and kudos to him. So so good on him. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. All right. But, Nick, well, but he loses at the end of the day. He loses because she ends up being the winner after all this. She's going to get the publicity. And, uh, oh, sure. you know, yeah. ultimately they're going to break up in a year. So there you go. Oh, I give him I give him six months, six okay. months. She wants to get okay. six months of posts. And then okay. she's cut. She's done. She's free. She can do her like acting jobs or whatever the hell she's right. gonna do. Sell right. some, right. sell some yoga pants on Instagram or something. Fair enough. You know, but well, Nick, it's been an hour twenty. I think we should end. Wow, it's been a hell of an episode. Like I said, a passionate episode. We were mm-hmm. fired up, both of us, for different reasons, and we we met uh, in the middle on the Leafs, and we were just. You know, there's crazy shit happening and then things are firing up. You got your fantasy playoffs, so you've got a big week coming. I'm just chilling out as a fan. So, yeah, it's been a great episode. And uh, and and I think we're uh, we, we did number 30. We did with respect and pride, I think. Yeah, 30 and, and fittingly looks like we may have our thousandth viewer this week. Oh, um, if all things yeah. go as planned. So kind of fitting 30 episodes in. 1,000 viewers, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we, we appreciate everyone tuning in each and every week. Um, it's, it's been a, it's been a fun time so far and, uh, and we hope to keep it going with you guys and we appreciate all the support that you've been providing us with. So, um, yeah, from both of us, we thank you for everything and, uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun week ahead with the fantasy playoffs and, and, and the end of the season wrapping up and, and soon enough the playoffs. So um, unless you got anything to add, I, I think uh, I think that about does it. This is Rink Moose. Signing off. <laughs>